The older I get, the more I've come to appreciate how it's the little things we do for people that matter most to them. Little things that come naturally for us because of how God uniquely made us. I've got a few stories for you today to illustrate this point. Stories that I hope will inspire you to bless others in ways that are easy and natural for you. But before we get into all this, here's a word from Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. Now, as with every episode, our purpose today is to help you find more joy in the relationships God desires for you. If you're a regular around here, you may recall that our most recent podcast episode, number 211, was my Men with Waffles story. If you missed it, I'll have a link to it at the bottom of the show notes. It's entitled, A Men's Breakfast Like No Other. It's the story of how five men who each received a waffle maker for Christmas got together one Saturday morning to make waffles for the guys in our adult Sunday school class. As part of the breakfast, they each wrote down on a large sheet of newsprint one thing they appreciated about their wife. I took photos of the whole event, including individual shots of each guy, what they wrote about their wife. Then I made a slide presentation of the photos and showed them to our Sunday school class the next morning. The ladies loved it. (laughs) The photo that evoked the most oohs and ahs was of Alan. It's the one that you see at the top of the show notes for today's episode. Alan simply wrote, I appreciate Carol. As I described in the last episode, He was the quietest man in our church, and while he was a man of few words, each of them counted. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm sure drawn to people like this. While our Men with Waffles breakfast is so vivid in my mind that it seems like a recent event, it actually took place in March of 2011. So much has happened in the lives of the men at that breakfast since then. Scott and his wife adopted a child. Randy took a new job that moved him to Pittsburgh. Bill completed his Ph.D. and moved first to California, then to Washington State. Brad finished his Ph.D. and took a job in Kansas, and then later moved to South Dakota in a different job. Greg retired. Mike also retired and is now caring for his wife, who recently suffered a debilitating stroke. But the biggest change of all happened to Alan, 10 years later. On Sunday, March 7, 2021, Alan went downstairs to the basement of the home where he and his wife Carol lived together with their 16-year-old quadriplegic granddaughter, Haley, who is confined to a wheelchair. It seemed to Carol that Alan had been in the basement doing some little thing for an unusually long period of time. 
So she called to him, Alan? There was no answer. She called again. Still no answer. So she went downstairs and there discovered Alan lying on the floor, having suffered a massive fatal heart attack. The funeral was held at our church, and I remember going up to Carol in the lobby. But before I could say anything, she began recounting to the people standing around her what happened to Alan on that fateful day just a week or so before. Carol clearly was in a state of shock. What is this going to mean to her and Haley, I thought. Will she be able to care for Haley all by herself, given all that Alan did so lovingly to care and raise their granddaughter? It's what the whole church who knew Alan and Carol were thinking about, too. We were all in a state of shock. In the months that followed, I periodically thought of Alan. I would remember watching him each Sunday morning pulling into a handicapped stall in our church parking lot and sliding Haley out of the rear ramp of their handicapped, equipped van. He would push her in her wheelchair into the church so quietly and with such ease. It was a little thing that he did that mattered so much to Haley and Carol. So often when I saw Alan doing this, I thought, that is a man who loves well. I never heard him complain about the toll on him and Carol in caring for Haley. I should be more like him. I complain way too much. Now, I have not heard the story of why Haley's parents were not raising her, but it didn't matter. Alan and Carol, as her grandparents, have filled in the gap for what is missing in Haley's life, and at a great sacrifice. Fast forward to the breakfast I had with my friend Randy at the end of last year and the waffle that he ordered. It reminded me again of Alan and our Men with Waffles breakfast that I talked about in the last episode. Seeing Randy's waffle prompted me to go back and look at the photos of that little event, especially the one of Alan declaring on a large piece of paper that he appreciated his wife Carol. I had thought for a long time after Alan died that I should make a copy of that photo and give it to Carol. I had the file for it sitting on the top of my desktop on my computer for at least a year with good intentions to act on my thought but with pitiful procrastination for actually doing something about it. Until just the other day. I got an email from Walgreens that they were having a sale on photo enlargements. I saw how easy it was to get a print enlargement of a digital photo, so I ordered an 8x10 canvas print of Allen wrapped around a 1-inch wooden frame. It's the photo that you see at the top of the show notes. It really didn't cost much, and it was all done in 45 minutes. All I had to do was pick up the photo at Walgreens a few miles away. 
A couple of days later, I put it in a small gift bag and took it over to Carol and Haley's house. I was a little apprehensive because I thought, what if they moved and someone else is living in the address that I had for them? I didn't want to call or email, so I took a chance and drove it over there anyway. Once I got to the house, I recognized the van that Alan used to take Haley places, which made my concern evaporate. I rang the front doorbell, but there was no answer, so I went to the side of the house along the driveway looking for another door. I found one at the back of the house that had a ramp attached to it, which I assumed is where they got Haley in and out of the house. I couldn't get to the door because the ramp was up about three feet off the ground. So I just placed the gift bag with a photo in it on the ramp. It seemed safe to leave it there, as there was no rain or snow in the forecast, and surely Carol would find it. So I left. But then on the way home, I wondered if she would find it. What if she and Haley were out of town? Maybe I should call or email Carol. I tried both, but there was no answer to my call, and I had the wrong email address. This is nuts, I thought. Just let it go. She'll find it. Move on to other things you've got going today. Well, the next day, I received a message at 1.35 p.m. through our podcast website from Carol. She gave me permission to share it with you. The subject line read, A Thankful Heart, and the body of her message reads as follows. Just wanted to tell you how much you bless me by such a wonderful act of kindness that the Lord knew I much needed. It has been hard lately, getting older alone and taking care of Haley alone and trying so hard to be what God would want me to be for such a time as this. I opened the gift bag and sat and cried, but they were good tears. Dale called, that's one of her children, and soon we were both crying. Thank you so much for remembering myself and Alan. I miss him more than words can convey. He was such a good man. He is missed each and every day. That wonderful picture will be on my fireplace forever. I was going to call you, but it is hard to talk with the tears that kept coming. It will be three years on March 7th, but it feels like so long and just yesterday. I can't wait to see him again. I pray the Lord bless you both as you have blessed me. God bless you. Love, Carol and Haley. Then a few hours later, on my way out the door for an appointment, Carol called to thank me verbally for the print of Alan. She was a little choked up and through her tears told me how much she appreciated what I did. Her grief was palpable as she told me several stories from neighbors about the impact that Alan had on them. 
One was from a woman who couldn't get her snowblower started, and when Alan noticed it, he offered to fix it. He went and got the needed parts to get it up and running, and after he fixed it, she offered to pay him. But Alan wouldn't accept any money. Another time, Alan noticed a neighbor was having a hard time straightening up a small wall that had fallen in his backyard. I don't know what I'm doing, the neighbor said. But Alan did. (laughs) So he spent the better part of a day helping the man with his problem. And again, he wouldn't accept any payment for his troubles. I like helping people, Alan told the neighbor. These two stories are just samples of how Alan blessed others. What were little things to him, these acts of service that came so naturally for him, were things that greatly impacted people, things they were willing to pay for. I mentioned to Carol that the thing that struck me the most in her message to me was when she said, He was such a good man. He is missed each and every day. I said that her phrase, he was such a good man, is the way that Matthew, the gospel writer, describes Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. He was a good man too. And Joseph was quiet also, just like Alan. He was a behind-the-scenes kind of guy, just like Alan. They were both cut from the same cloth. One of my all-time favorite episodes of this podcast is one I did a few years ago at Christmas, number 135, entitled, Christmas with a Good Man Brings Joy. It's about Joseph, and now that I know a little more about Alan, it's about men like him, too. I'll have a link to it at the bottom of the show notes. This episode about Alan has taught me a few things. Here are some of them. First of all, it doesn't take much to bless others. We underestimate the power of little things to make an impact in people's lives. I also learned that good intentions don't mean anything unless they result in good actions. I also learned there are good men out there like Alan. You just have to be observant to notice and appreciate them. Another thing is that we can all be like Alan. Probably not in repairing snowblowers or fixing a fallen wall. But we can use the abilities that God has wired into each of us to make the world a better place. And finally, doing good for others, like Alan did, really does reflect the image and character of God. It doesn't get much better than that. It's a a great way to live. I'll close with an updated version of the main point of episode 135. It's, It's the one I mentioned about Joseph, the father of Jesus. It's this. A good man is hard to find, but they're out there. Men like Alan, often in the background, not saying much. Their character and behavior tell us more than their words. Look for them and be like them. As we close up shop for today, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. 
I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to do something small for someone, something that comes easily and naturally for you. Because when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships that God desires for you. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's it for today. If there is someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode on to them. Scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on one of the options in the yellow share this bar. And don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.